0: Of the parishes is Akir and the topic as we all know is uh, Eretz Israel and the, the topic of Eretz Israel is uh, well covered in the book of Devarim and it's not only true that Moshe Athenu was not able to go to Eretz Israel but it's also true that Moshe Athenu gave the Jews who were going to Eretz Israel a lot of direction about what going to Eretz Israel meant. And the critical psukim are in this parish, uh, the psukim that, that are uh, undeniably pro-Zionist. Because they don't only say, these psukim don't only say that Eretz Israel is there, and you can go there. But the psukim actually say that the quality of religious life changes dramatically in Eretz Yisrael and is not like anything that could happen outside of Eretz Yisrael now the Psukim don't say what I just said but it's a a simple implication what do the Psukim say? if you look he says so Eretz Yisrael is the model of low it's not like Eretz Mitzrayim so in what way is it not like Eretz Mitzrayim I have a lot of uh, things on the sheet I'm not sure we will be able to finish them all but I'll try to rush through this idea when it comes to Eretz Mitzrayim and you want to grow vegetables in your vegetable uh, in your vegetable patch So then, uh, nearby, there's water. It's called the Nile. The Nile is a big river. It's always there. It's it's always there. So you go over to the Nile. You you make a little uh, furrow in the ground. And then suddenly the water comes from the Nile uh, to your vegetable patch. Okay, sometimes it's not so simple, and you have to make a greater effort to, to get the water to come to the vet, but that, that's the basic idea. It's there, the water is there, the vegetables are here, you just get the, the, the water to the vegetables. So this is a, an enterprise, but not oppressively so. So then the Pesach says, So Ayat Eretz HaRimu B'ka'ot shamayim Hashamayim Tishtemayim so the Pesach says that you're going to Eretz Yisrael Eretz Yisrael is a mountainous country so uh, you have you don't have the Nile all you have is mountains now how do you get the how do you get the water is it Limitah Hashamayim Tishtemayim so in Eretz Yisrael water agricultural water is dependent upon Matar upon the rain that HaKadosh Baruch who bestows on the, on the land and so Eretz Yisrael that's Pasuk Yudet is Eretz Asher Hashem and so since the existence in Eretz Yisrael is dependent on God's watchfulness God's looking after us all the time because we don't have we don't have water we just wait for the water water to come after Sukkot I mean that's where we expect the water that's why Sukkot as you know is so involved the holiday of Sukkot we're very involved with davening for water it's not just the 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 uh, that we say but on Sukkot in the Beit HaMikdash they did the every day they poured libations of water on the Mizbeach even though the Mizbeach even though uh, uh, the usual libations on the Mizbeach were, were wine and or, and or oil but on Sukkot there was also water like there was an expectation that the water would uh, that somehow the water would come, and this is what the pasuk says. God is always checking up on Eretz Yisrael to see if the if the water should come, and then uh, so I mean, in our minds, you know, we have a little computer in our mind, so we automatically. Make a metaphor. Is it, does God have eyes? No, of course not. But God sees because God does everything. So the word that word doesn't annoy us in the slightest because when we read the pasuk, it's not there. The word "God's" the 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 notion that God has eyes is unacceptable to us and therefore, when I read the words Eimei Hashem in Eretz Yisrael God looks at Eretz Yisrael so I think of oh Rosh Hashanah there's like a a din on Rosh Hashanah about what's going to be, is there going to be enough water won't there be enough water this is all, what does to do with God's eyes certainly certainly not so if you look at uh, the last page, I'm just trying to figure out a way to do this. Uh, on the last page, there's a quote from the Morim Nevuchim. Remember the Morim Nevuchim the Rambam. So the Rambam says this, Ayin, who say, Sheyem Mishutaf, which means, we would say it's a synonym. But the same word has different meanings. Right? Sheyem Mishutaf. Hu, sheim Ayin. ein I'm sorry. First of all, it means... A source of water, Ain. The word Ain in Hebrew is a spring. Uh, a spring is something where water comes out of the ground. We call that we call that a spring. Ain Hamayim A Ain ha-ro'eh. But the word eye, it also means the seeing eye, right? the eye that everybody has who sees. Ayin tahad for example. And the word ayin also means like he's giving you a dictionary definition. You see the word ayin? Well it could mean a spring. It could mean uh, it could mean uh, an eye that a person has, and it could be hashkacha. These are like in the dictionary that the Rambam wrote or that he might have written, he would say the word ayin, uh, k- uh, meaning number one, meaning number two, meaning number three, usually dictionaries list the meanings according to frequency. Right? According to frequency. So the most common use is, ayin, is uh, a spring, and then there's an ayin, and then there's hashkacha. That's what the, the, uh, the Rambam says. Uh, like watch him. Be careful about him. So this is not even, I would say this is not a metaphor when you say that God looks at Eretz Israel. It's not a kind of a metaphor because that's what the word ayin means according to the Rammah. It means hashkacha. It means watchfulness. It means that God is going to make determinations about about, uh, the future. Uh, So you see that the Rambam does not relate to the question of, and so why is that the metaphor? Why is that the word that's used for hashkacha? Why is it ayin? Why isn't it ozen? Why isn't it pe? Was it anything? And the Ramadan doesn't have to relate to that. So let's go back to our, to our uh, text. We learned the Ramadan added a word. The word is hashkacha, watchfulness, that God watches over us in Eretz Yisrael because that's the situation. That's why B'nai Yisrael were joined in the Torah from returning to Eretz Mitzrayim, Right, The Torah says it's forbidden to return to Eretz Mitzrayim. Of course, Jews being Jews, they, like other Horisham, you know, Adam Horisham, God said to Adam Harisha, don't eat it. And he was convinced that God didn't really mean that. He meant, don't eat it usually, but a little bit you could eat it. So the same thing is true about Eretz Mitzrayim and the halachic position. The Torah says, don't go back to Eretz Mitzrayim. The halachic position is, well, if you really have to, you can go. And you know that there have been, you know, kind of glorious communities of Jews in Eretz Mitzrayim. In Eretz Mitzrayim, they were successful and built things until, until they had to leave. But the fact that they had to leave is not so impressive because the Jews have had to leave every place that they ever were in. So they also had to leave Eretz Mitzrayim. But this idea that Mitzrayim represents a place of lack of faith and that the faith that we have the ongoing faith in God's concern for us is something that is connected to Eretz Yisrael that's an idea that's an idea that's found in these in these psukim whatever you say about Hashkacha, whatever you say about Ashka, oh, you know, like it's always there, it's not always there, the Rav position, somebody else's position, you know that, you know that uh, that Eretz Yisrael, is certainly, there's a shakier basis, but the chances that there will be a, uh, a famine, or a drought in Eretz Yisrael, are tremendous, whereas that's not going to happen in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore, going back to Eretz Yisrael, was seen by the Torah as being a step backward, in the developing, in the development of faith. You have to understand, you have to understand, we have to like, what's the nekudah, right? What's the nekudah of faith that Am Yisrael brings to the table? Right? It's just not that God created the world. Anybody can say that God created the world. Uh, it's not that God divided the world into nations and languages. Is anybody can say that. I'm just saying, like, anybody cannot say that, but it's not... Not only really that, that is developmental, it's not something that, that B'nai Yisrael had to understand at the time of Yitzhak, the triumph. But this idea that God is watchful and that, that we were brought to the place of watchfulness because that's part of what faith is. So that you could never explain that to an Egyptian. Because Egyptians don't live in that kind of precarious... Uh, a state vis-a-vis God it's only Am Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael that opted to be in this terribly um, uh, a terribly shaky position in order to make sure that we would understand that we are dependent on God's watchfulness so that's what the that's what these uh, uh, psukim say and that's what uh, that, that's what Rashi um Explains. So if you look at the first Rashi, the pasuk says Lo ke'eres mitzrayim. Elo Rashi says Tovah he better than mitzrayim. We neim rav dachaz ol yisrael bi'tzi atame mitzrayim shayu omim shem lo navo eretz tovah bi'efek yisrael wondered about this, about how the hashgacha works. And they came from Eretz Mitzrayim. Eretz Mitzrayim, everything seemed to be fine. You know, you, you had food to eat, and they had the water. And um, so what were they going to get? Uh, maybe Eretz Yisrael is not as nice as Eretz Mitzrayim. You know, it's all it says in the Pasuk. Rashi is correct. It's not like Mitrayim, but it doesn't say in the Pasuk, is it better than Mitrayim or is it worse than Mitrayim? That's that's something we have to figure out ourselves. So there's a Talmudloma. There's a proof in the pasuk in a different pasuk that eretz sir is better than eretz mizrayim and he says eh ayyaman ta'mud loma bakhwan shva shanim b'mitka adam echad dinam re bana so an lemit so the Mitzrayim, by the way, the Chevron Machnan. In other words, he built it for his two sons. He built a city in Mitzrayim called Soan, and he built a city in Eretz Yisrael called Chevron. There, Harem says, Adam Bone et Hanae, Rachachaboneta Cha'ur, Shepsuatosho, Shepsuatosho Risho. He says, the normal thing is that you build something nice, you have like a choice. You're to build two of them. One of them is going to be nice, the other is going to be not so nice. You'll build the nice one first. So Chevron was, was built first. And then it says, the uh, coma kol hachaviv, koday. In any event, the one you like better comes first. The city of Chevron must have been much nicer. And the city Tzoran in Mitzrayim. U Mitzrayim Yishubacha B'Kol Aratzot. Everybody knows that Mitzrayim is something special. Tegana Hashem. Ge'eretz Mitzrayim. It's like a garden. In Mitzrayim. Tzoran. Shemach Mitzrayim. And so it is the best of Mitzrayim Shaita. Mekal Malchut. That's where the kings would stay. Shikachu Omer. The Navi says Tziyahu. Tzoran Saraf. The Hebron Sura, Eretz Israel, and Hebron is the worst place in Eretz Israel. I know that they, they don't quote this Rashi, but this is what Rashi said. Hebron is the worst place in Eretz Israel. Why? It's as simple. That's why they decided to make it into a burial place. And what do you What do you take? The best land bury the dead or the worst you take the worst even though Hebron is a place where we bury our dead it's nicer than so on in Mitzraya you know what this all this is let's uh, let's summarize it Rashi says Rashi says that Eretz Israel is more beautiful than Mitzrayim and he proves it by saying that Hebron, the worst place in Eretz Israel, was much nicer than Soan, the nicest place in tribe. This is what Rashi says. And of course he's like, what is Rashi talking about? So he's talking about his own kasha, the way he reads the pasuk. The pasuk says, Look at Passob Yud. What do you mean, Lo Eretz Mitzrayim he, Ashayetz Adam What do you mean, look, Eretz Mitzrayim? She says that the Torah wants us to figure out the pshat in that possum. Some Nudvik will come along and say, Lo Eretz Mitzrayim, maybe Mitzrayim is better than Eretz Yisrael, and it's going to force us. To go through this procedure that Rashi went through to prove that Eretz Yisrael is better, the Torah, what the Torah says that Eretz Yisrael is better than Eretz Mitzrayim. That's Rashi. That's how Rashi teaches us. It was when we read the pasuk before we read Rashi, we already knew Rashi. Someplace in our in our minds, we learned this Rashi already. We learned it, a or Our grandparents learned in a It doesn't matter. But everybody's low. Eretz driving obviously, Eretz Yisrael is better than driving. What do you have to even think about? The Rashi said the way Rashi wants us to learn the pasuk is that there's a certain uh, 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 definitive lack of clarity, which is going to force us to try to evaluate Eretz Yisrael in the eyes of the Torah, and we evaluate it by looking at this pasuk and that and the other and come to the conclusion that Eretz Yisrael is the best place uh, in the world that's what that's what rashi says and rashi says uh, uh let's look at the pasuk Yudbet would read by rashi hey to say sharo take the duration rashi says in pasuk you uh hello after her at say to duration theology so isn't it true that God is interested in all the all the places in the world? How do you say? Only Eretz Israel, Shnei says, It's a pasuk in Iyov, al Eretz Loish. Even an Eretz lo ish, like a desert, is God's concern. The end of that pasuk is Lo Adam Bo. The end of the pasuk in Yiov, which is not. Quoted here in the text of Rashi is Lo Adambo. Even a place in which there are no people is God's is God's concern. Ella ella ota In other words, to me it seems it it is as though God was only concerned about Eretz Yisrael. Of course. I know that God is concerned about everything, but God's concern for Eretz Yisrael is special. What do you think? That when God looks at Eretz Yisrael, so obviously in other places in the world are connected, but right? you can't just. Separate Eretz Israel from the rest of the world. Other places in the world. Other places in the world. that's what that's what uh, 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 Rashi says. Because this reminds me, you know, the passage, the last passage in the first Aliyah in Ekev, in Ekev this week is Ekev, right? Hashem <laughs> That's what it says. So in this we learn berkatamazon. In this we learn berkatamazon. But is a mitzvah. First you do the then you do the sabata. Right? You know that the Jewish people were bakaber lachumra. What was the Khumra? That they would say berkatamazon even they didn't have the sabata. They only ate to beitzah. There's a very small amount of food that also say Birkat HaMazon. So that's the answer to the question that no one has asked, but it's an answer to the question. The rest of the Pesach is odd because it says which seems to say that Birkat HaMazon is an Eretz Yisrael mitzvah and that in Eretz Israel, you have to do Birkat HaMazon, but the Futzlar's, I'm not sure. So the Zohar asked this question. The Zohar, you know the Zohar is like a medrash. It sometimes says things that, uh, that anybody can understand. You know, so this is one of those cases. So the Zohar said, how could it be, how could it be? Everybody knows that Birkat HaMazon is something that, just, that everybody in the world says. So how come the Pazik seems to differentiate between Eretz Yisrael and the rest of the world? So the source says, you have to understand, Baruchah comes to the world through Eretz Yisrael. It's as though there's a pipe from heaven, actually a whole series of pipes, that come down from heaven and land first in Yerushalayim and then spread out to all of Eretz Yisrael and then uh, to the rest of the world. So the Zohar, which is a medrash, right, a later medrash, the Zohar already said that bracha is dependent on Eretz Yisrael. When there's bracha in Eretz Yisrael, then there's bracha in the rest of the, of the world. And the bracha in Eretz Yisrael is dependent on our awareness that we are dependent on God. In a, in a, in a, in a, so we daven, we we, we daven, uh, uh, we, uh, we, we, we say, What that is, is a fulfillment of our obligation to be aware. I and mean, that's what Tfilah is, in my opinion. Tfilah is not that if you do it, then the result is going to be what you think it should be. That's not what Tfilah is. Tfilah is fulfilling an obligation which gives you schuyot how those schuyot are measured in heaven who knows, I mean it's too complicated because whenever something comes from heaven it kind of, there's a shiklu what does that mean in English uh, it, you know like when you, when you uh, make a statistical kibbutz uh, you, know, you make a statistical position uh, based on a lot of different factors. Agro. What? Agro. Agri- Agri- Maybe. I, I, I don't know if that's what I mean. But the word shiklu in Hebrew is a word that's used today. Uh, it's a, it's a, it has to do with statistics. So like like uh, people think people think that uh, somebody says Most people who are 110 years old will die before they're 111 years old, right? So that's a statistical statement. But really, that doesn't have anything to do with a particular person who's 110 years old, right? Because... There are many, many factors that go into whatever's going on with that person. You can't f- even figure it out. So in heaven, when the determination is made about something that you're dominating for, it's because that y- y- you have to understand that it's always it always accommodates a very complex understanding of reality. We don't understand it that way. We say, look, you're sick, you got to get well, right? But in heaven, they understand it differently. It's understood differently. That, that, that the whole complex of human existence is connected uh, to every single person. And therefore, what happens, the results of what happens is very complicated. And we don't always understand it. But davening, davening means I'm, I'm owning up to my responsibility, right? My responsibility is to spread the word that God runs the show. So I'm doing that. I'm doing that especially at this moment. Maybe that would be helpful, but I, I don't know. I never know. Uh, so that's we are chalder besovato leirachdos Hashem alotechol. It all comes from Eretz Yisrael. That's what Rashi says. Three lines in the bottom of the Rashi. Alotadri shad she doreish. Rishas she doresha. That somehow Eretz Yisrael is not only in it for itself, but Eretz Israel is in it for the entire world, right? The entire world is somehow going to benefit if the people in Eretz Yisrael uh, live properly. The same kind of uh, of interpretation is given by the Rashbam. The Rashbam says, yeah. He says it in that way, that Eretz Yisrael is better than Eretz Mitzrayim if you keep the mitzvot. So that, that, uh, that Egypt... The good people and the bad people are not differentiated by who has bread to eat. Because if you're willing to work at the work of the land in Egypt, you're going to have bread to eat. That's how Egypt works. But in Eretz Yisrael, it's not like that. But Eretz Yisrael, the fourth line in the Rashbam, "Imatem shomri mitzvot so Rosh Hashanah says that God is focused somehow on Eretz Yisrael in order to make sure that this is going to that this is going to actually happen. So it's the same, I think. His understanding of things is the same as Rashi, even though his use of the words is a little bit different. So if you look at the Ramban, you see the Ramban, the three lines from the bottom on this page. After the Raman, first the rabban quotes Rashi, and then the rabban says, mikra." You see that three lines in the bottom, the middle of the line. The azharah is a love, a negative commandment. You know, rashi's. The way the Ramban understands it is that God says to B'nai Yisrael, look, I'm giving you a good land, and you're going to be able to earn your way on that land, and you'll be able to to inherit good things. But it's not going to be like Eretz Mitzrayim. Well, all you have to do is kick your... Your feet at the water, and you get a you get a, a stream of water going into your field. It won't be it won't be like that. So Rabban says, "Raku eretz harim ubekaod l'mikar shemayn d'shemayim lobiyanacher tzricha sheidroshu shemotatamid b'matar kihi eretz me'ame ol tzricha midmatar kol asheran." So what did Rabban say? Rabban says. In order for the world to work, God has to look at Eretz Yisrael all the time. Because while it's true that there are deserts in the world, and B'nai Yisrael were in a desert for 40 years after Yitzhak Mitzrayim, eh, 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 deserts are places where you might say the eye of God is not not there. God is not looking after the desert because the desert is not a place in which a life can be sustained. I mean, I know that there are people who live in the desert, but they're not happy. Believe me, if they knew how it was with a credit card and they could go to like New York and drive around, they'd be out of that desert in no time. But no one told them, so they like hang around the desert. You know, the Bedouins. There are these Bedouins not far from Eshelaim. Uh, like you go to Eirichah, on the way to Eirichah, you see Bedouin tents here and Bedouin tents there. Now I'm absolutely convinced that these guys are paid off by the Ministry of Tourism to remain Bedouins right, in around Jerusalem. Because if you go to the south, uh, you know, to the Negev, the Bedouins are not so docile and happy to live in tents. You know, they all want to live in, in in real buildings in in cities. So uh, so the desert. It's not attractive, know. So if you if you don't have uh, stone walls and air conditioning, uh, people are not so. So the Bnei Yisrael kind of like if you like if you do it, think about it metaphorically. Like B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael right, the, the children of Yaakov Avinu of started off life in Mitzrayim, which is a livable place, but somewhat godless. And we know that the Jews in Mitzrayim had difficulty. They were not able at the end of these hundreds of years of slavery, they weren't able to daven. Because there was no point. I mean, like the point around which davening should be generated, which is the precariousness of our situation, didn't exist in Mitzrayim. They got water. The water came when they needed the water. Then they went and spent 40 years 38 of the 40 years were uh, like an improvement kind of program in a desert. In a desert where also the hand of God is not readily available. And B'nai Yisrael fell into the trap again and again and again. But uh, they come to Eretz Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, look, you know, you've been problematic but now you're going to see the point like right, first there's Eretz Mitzrayim then there's Eretz Hamidbar and finally there's Eretz Yisrael and in Eretz Yisrael you'll understand about life that life is a kind of a symbiosis between what you need and what God gives and that, that both sides are interested in that symbiosis, and, that, uh, and therefore idolatry had to be removed from Eretz Yisrael in order that they could live religious lives. They wouldn't go to Eretz Yisrael to retire. They, they went to Eretz Yisrael to establish a beachhead for religious living. And religious living doesn't mean that you do what the Torah tells you to do. That's also something that you have to do, but that's not what religious living is perceived as. Religious living is a, a, a feeling, a closeness and dependence upon God. closeness to and dependence upon God. that's called being religious. Everything else. Uh, everything else derives from that because if you feel that you're close to God then every mitzvah that you do is more meaningful and more important if you don't feel that closeness to God so then the, the Torah becomes a kind of a Boy Scout manual where you do things and you can be confident in doing them but they don't mean anything for your as a person like you're the same person who doesn't do it the person who does do it the person who doesn't do it are not so radically different uh, different from each other um, okay so that's what the uh, uh, the end of the Ramban you see five lines and the six lines at the bottom <speaking in Hebrew> This is Rashi. Rashi also says this. the uh, same He said what Rashi said. There was this idea that this tamid and all the aratzot are included. The old mights Ruchah, the Chadesh Bagzerot, item le item le-ra, the the ita the Rosh Hashana. Resh Mosora. Most of course, ki ha-aratz hazot midreshet be-kol, vhi be-kol, be-kol ha mi-mena be Shall we read that again? It's always good to read things that are to do things that are incomprehensible lines. Listen to what the Ramban says. Ramban says, yeshba uh, sod amok. Sod amok means there's a Kabbalistic understanding that sod. Amok, it means I'm not going to tell it to you, really. I, I, I just don't. You know, it was the Ramban had a schizophrenic uh, position about, about teaching Kabbalah. In his introduction to his Peirush, he says, I'm not going to teach you Kabbalah. But many times, in the writing of the paper, he does include Kabbalah. So it could be that there's like easier Kabbalah and harder Kabbalah. Like Kabbalah that is more kind easily absorbed and things that are harder to absorb. But what I think that he means here is, Ki hazot medreshet bakol. Vihi ha'kol. Kol. Kol is the word in the Pasuk, Vashem b'rachet and the is a word for the sum total of all the svirot. Chesed Tiferet Malchut. Each of those sefirot, I mean that, that kind of uh, setup of svirot indicates shefa. The shefa comes from a Kharish book. it's an outpouring into the sphere of chesed, gura, like it's all. And what is hakol? Hakol is the end of that outpouring of everything. And so, that, that everything, all the brachot, come first to Eretz Yisrael, as we said before. Uh, remember, we talked about and the and That's what the Ramban, that's what the Ramban is talking about. So, as to say, what's the big deal if it's true that God is interested in Eretz Yisrael, but God is also interested in every place else in the world? So, what difference does it make? I mean, if God, I mean, why do we have to go to Eretz Yisrael? Why can't we stay in Mansi? because God is interested in Munsee, just as God is interested in Yerushalayim question. He says, no, because it all starts from Yerushalayim. If you don't have people in Yerushalayim who are answerable to God, so to speak, then in Munsee they can eat treif chickens. But that's what happens. So, so uh, uh, that's what the Raman says. Now there's a pasuk. There's a Pasuk in Bamiqar, as I don't know what do with the Pasuk. That Pasuk, there's a long cool comment by the Kliyaka. You know, the Kliyaka was a talmid of the Maralmi Prat. He was an interesting, apparently, an interesting person. He certainly wrote an interesting commentary on the Torah, which, which in spite of the fact, that he, he's often you know, given to lengthy comments he's often also very interested and so you have a chance you know, you should look from time to time at the Kliyaka whose, uh, whose mazao was that it's printed in the Mikraot Gidolot in the, I don't think in the Torah Chayim is it printed in the Torah Chayim? no uh, and that only print he shown him What's that in the in the old style Mikraot Gedolot, which has been renewed also in uh, in new versions that are very good, like Hadma'or, Hama'or, uh Mikra'ot Gedolot, it's a lot easier to read, includes the two great uh achronim, two great Akhronim, the Archaeim, Alchha and the Kliyakar. Both of those Commentaries are in the Mikraot Gedolot, in extenso. And so here's the. Let's learn a little bit of the of the Kyoto because we're not going to have time. Tan Sheinihu, ki mi ayadu asheish havegel eretz Yisrael So this has nothing to do with. Uh, it's not in our parasha. It's at the end of Bamidwar that he writes this. At the end of B'Midbar, ki be Yisrael like shamin yoter so he says that they have to pick the water they have to like make little furrows to bring the water from the Nile to the Ketav haTorah min He says in e, in Eretz Mitzrayim, you think Allah is good. They have all this water, and then they have tomatoes. So he says, oh, no, I say trees. They're growing lemon trees. And, and uh, but it's not easy to get the uye. they've got it all there but they have to work hard to get the water from the water to the, to the lemon trees so he says it it would not be reasonable to expect that God would demand of them that they bring true to my throat because they worked so hard to get the thing to grow they're not obligated to huh? they're not obligated to no 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 he doesn't say that he says who's the Mishlo Amalbo? he says what happens to the tribe? here's the water and here's the tomato patch right so what do you do you have to bring the water from the water to the tomatoes what did God do this year in Egypt. What did God do? Nothing. God didn't do anything. So says, what even did the Torah is occurring again to Motemas uh, wrote to our Mo, but Our Mo is not a partner in Egypt. He says, He, he says, I will Eretz All you do is sit there and wait for it to rain. But when it rains, the rains on your tomato patch. You don't have to bring the water to the tomatoes. He says, good. idea, right, right? He says it's not like Arabs in It's not like Eretz Yisrael, why is it not in Eretz Yisrael, God does not partner with you to make the tomatoes grow. In Eretz Yisrael, God is your partner, because in Eretz the water is already there. All you have to do is bring it. Okay, you're working hard, but you're not creating a neurosis. Right? You're not... Who put the water there? That was like many years ago. But this year, this year God was not involved. He put the water there, they couldn't go home. But in Eretz Yisrael, God is involved all the time. And since God is involved all the time, you should give back something that you received. So that the method that the Torah says that you give back what you received is... Uh, through the, the agency of Trulot and Masro, then you give it to God's representative from the Beit HaMikdash, the Kohanim, and the Levi'im. An idea. An idea. Okay, the rest of the, uh, the Kliyakar is interesting. I, will, I don't want to leave today without learning this uh, Torah of, uh, of Rabnach You know, of HaNabraslav did a weird thing in his lifetime. I mean, maybe he did other weird things, but he did one thing that was really weird. He went to Eretz Israel, and that was not the weird part of it. The weird part of it was that he came back, and he did not come back because something happened that drove him to come back. It's it's a mystery. You know, I will try to explain it, but it was a mystery. Uh, he came to um, he came to Haifa, I think. He landed in Haifa, and when he was in Haifa, he wanted to go back. To the Ukraine, which was not such a big deal. I mean, you know, you go back through Turkey there and you and you get to the Ukraine, you get to Odessa, and you're in the it's not such a not such an impossible trip. But he reconsidered, and he went to visit the big Hasidic centers at that time, which were in Svat and in Tveria. That's where the Hasidim came. Already, Talmudim of the best, and the Magad was rich who came to Eretz Yisrael, including the best, had a brother-in-law, a Geshen Kittever, his name was, who who was the first who went to Eretz Yisrael, and he lived at that time, he lived at that time in uh, Taveria, the original Talmudim, like a group of Talmudim from the Baal Shem Tov, who became, who were Talmudim also the Magad of Mizritch, went together to Eretz Israel, and that included also by the way the Balatanya the Roshnei Zalman also went, but he got to Istanbul he got there and he went back for some reason, he went back to uh, to Russia, so here's what Nachman he goes to Eretz Israel, and he wants to come back he wants to stay at all and then he went to Sfat, he was there a while and then he went to Tzveria and then he went back he went back to uh, to where uh, from whence he came and this is like a kind of a mystery of course you talk to Hasidim they'll tell you this and that and the other thing if you talk to the scholars they'll just tell you the other thing but it seems to be, you know that Rav Nachman Rav Nachman the author of an aphorism that uh, has not yet been made into a song but it should be it should, it's, worth, it's worth a song and that aphorism is Kol Matom Shani Olech, Ali Le Eretz Yisrael, and that means uh, I, I tell you what I think it means that when Akhachush Bohu said to Avu Lech Lecha, he didn't just say to Avu you should end up in Eretz Kenan. but Lech Lecha meant that there was a separate obligation to always go in the direction of Eretz Israel, to feel that that's what you do. You're always going to Eretz Israel. That's uh, so that's what Rav Nachman said. I says, Kol matosha, ani olech, ani olech Wherever I go and you know, he moved around in the Ukraine from place to place until he ended up in Uman, 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 Uman. He ended up in Umar and there he died. But he was he was on the move for a variety of reasons, right? So you say he he moved from place to place because he was not appreciated either by the higher echelon chassidim of his time or the lower echelon chassidim of his time. And so he said, "Well, what am I doing? Why am I always have, Why do I always have to move?" And he said that he is he exists in this parsha of lech lecha. Some people exist in the parish of Yishev Eretz Yisrael, and some people exist in the parish of Halicha Eretz Yisrael, like i Avinu. Lech lecho, that was the—that was the It wasn't transform yourself to Eretz Yisrael or take a bus and go to Eretz Yisrael. It was lech lecho, that the going to Eretz Yisrael was itself was itself a problem. So now it uh, holds itself a kiyun, as they say, in the yeshiva world. It was, it was an achievement. Just going to Eretz Israel, being in that state of going. And, and the truth, of course, is that you know that Terach, Terach who was related to Abu you know? Terach, what was Terach doing when he died in the Orkastin? He was going to Eretz Canaan. Right? But he was not going to Eretzkanah because God told him to go to Eretzkanah. That's like the first great distinction. What? I say that all the time. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. so you, you see that uh, people go from here to there all the time. Some people go to It's Kadan, some people go to Bovel, some people go to Paras. What difference does that make? The only difference that there is, is if there's a tzivui. If God has directed you, commanded you, ordered you, then everything changes. And that's what Adal Ravina was. He was the one who changed the world. Because he was the one who understood that mundane activities can be the result of a divine charge. That's what I told him. We nothing else. There's all the mitzvahs that Avruvina did. Okay, Mila at the end. But at this time, they didn't do any, uh, any mitzvahs. God didn't tell him any other mitzvahs. But he just, he just God said, go, go to Eretz Kanaan. And he was going there anyway. So there was a big difference, apparently, between going there anyway and going there purposefully. Let's look a little bit at what Rab Nachman says. Rab Nachman says, remember what I told you. He says, he says, a person who went to Eretz Yisrael, who really got the time of Eretz Yisrael, he he knows about things. He knows which people were sincere and which people went to the tzaddik, etc. Key, why number four? כי קאם ארצ ישראל יחולו ליציילו חנאי מישי יודע קאם סחלה כי רק מישו ישבו יעשו לו לולידאות אבל מישי יודע מיסחלה כי לומדים אחריות קאם קאם ישראל. So he says that there's something about and in order to understand Eretz Yisrael, you have to be able to activate your Seichel. And the way that you activate your Seichel is by learning Torah. So he says only the great people who know a lot of Torah understand what Eretz Yisrael is. Now, what is he talking about? Ki! He says, remember the Gemara says, the Eretz Yisrael machkim,' that the, that the atmosphere in Eretz Yisrael produces Chokmah. So here the the Rav Nachman is taking it a step further. He says, if God is looking at Eretz Yisrael all the time, if God is concerned about what's happening in Eretz Yisrael, I'm in Eretz Yisrael, so what does that mean to me? It doesn't just mean that I should be, uh, I do what I'm supposed to do, or do the mitzvot that I was given to do. But it means, it means that, that since the eye, the, the, the look of God, is a look of understanding into the world of Eretz Israel, clearly I will be uh, enhanced by being in a place where understanding is taking place by heaven there's then this idea that, that, uh, that you see very often in Hasidus or you see it in, 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 in Kabbalah that there's this uh, uh, reciprocal relationship that if God looks hard at me that, that I'm different I wouldn't want to say it's like quantum physics because you know but, but it is a little bit like quantum physics it just like it makes you feel good right? that, that we're up to date uh, so if God looks at me and make, looks at me with his eyes, so to speak, and judges me about whether I'm worthy to stay in Eretz or not. I, in turn, I, in turn, have this uh, this benefit because I'm able to I'm able to also glean the understanding of divine uh, interest. Uh, it has an effect on me. It's not just that God is interested in me and I take whatever God gives out but God's interest in me the ayin is what produces in me a kind of a response a special kind of response and so he says (laughs) tamid e'nei Hashem elukecha ba'marishida shana the third paragraph (laughs) ayin e'zer it's Yisrael mikudeshet v'avira machkin Hashem chokmah because what is e'naim e'naim the eyes that's the wisdom That's what it says in the Pasuk. They realized that they were naked. What is tipokachno? What's the word tipokachno? Pikeach. Einaim. Like chokhmah is connected to Einaim. So the eyes of God are looking down. So I'm also looking up. You know, I'm noticing that. And he says, "Peres Rashi al sheima chokhmah de'emar u'machmat she'nei Hashem the Eretz Yisrael she'mstakel batamid ayudetsi aviru the Eretz Yisrael batamid." So once I view the Eretz it's true. It's like being in a place like that. The air, the atmosphere, is itself machkim. It 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 adds to my understanding of my myself and my relationships and what Eretz Yisrael is, etc. So you see, we started out with this posuk about Enei Hashem Elokeho Tomid. We saw that the Rambam is not uh, so interested in the word Ayin, but he says it could also mean Ashkecha. Whereas Rashi and the Rashbam and the Ramban describe the process. Right? If you, if you deserve it, you'll get water. If you don't deserve it, you won't get water. The Kliyakar takes it from a different point of view, and he says, after all, after all, this means that God is in partnership with us in making Eretz Israel work, and therefore, are the given an Eretz Yisrael, but certainly not going to given an Eretz Mitzrayim, where God does not undertake a, a new development uh, project. And so finally, uh, Rav Nachman Abraslev, says that this the, the differentiation between uh, Eretz Israel and Eretz Mitzrayim is not just that in Eretz Israel in order to get rain you have to do the right thing, whereas it doesn't seem that that's the case in Eretz Mitzrayim. But the differentiation is that a of the Eretz Israel Bachim, that because God is looking at Eretz Israel. Everything changes for the residents of Eretz Israel. Maybe uh Nachman uh, uh, was on this level somewhat disappointed what he found in Eretz Israel. So we all Yetz you Hashem know, the next time when Nachman comes around maybe we'll be able to do a little better. Have a good Shabbos. Um, now let's go